Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti, along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, my friend, how are we doing this week? Good, Jimmy. How are you? It's good to be back and chat Penn State football with you, as always. It is, and candidly, for me, Andy, this is a good distraction on this day. I am getting set for a medical procedure tomorrow, which means I need to fast today and purge, and I think folks will know what I'm talking about. So I may be a little cranky today. So oh, no. Please. Angry, angry Jimmy? Hangry. Hangry. Combo of hungry and hangry, uh, Andy. So we'll see if we can make it through here. Uh, Let's start with uh, some good news for this week. Uh, Tizir Denmark has committed to Penn State. I think, what is that, the number 19 commit for the class of 24? The quick background, he had been longtime commit to the Oregon Ducks. He's a four-star out of Roman Catholic in Philadelphia. And, Andy, we saw some good signs last weekend when, while he was visiting Penn State, word came out that he decommitted from Oregon. I think when you read the tea leaves, that's a pretty good sign, isn't it? I think when uh, when a recruit's visiting, and no, no, everyone's going to understand, especially when he's with, if James Franklin's got him under his sort of purview, and he decommits, something changed. Um, That's a pretty decent sign that Penn State is going to take the lead right now in this battle as we, you know, you go through the commitments and decommitment phase. But it's a wide receiver, more importantly to me than anything, and sort of starts, takes one step down a path, you know, as they try and move forward at that position on many fronts and have, you know, for Penn State. Yep, it's good on a lot of fronts. It's a Philadelphia kid, which is good. New coach at wide receiver gets his first recruit, and it's a four-star from Pennsylvania. It's all good. All right, Andy, let's get to our topics of the day. We're going to do some interesting things. So much of the conversation recently has been about this class of 24, as we were just talking about. People want to talk about the freshman class coming in, that class of 23. I'd like to start quarter one by going all the way back, Andy, to the class of 22. These were the guys who were the freshmen this past season. And let's let's review a little bit what they got from that class, which I think it's as impactful a class probably as James Franklin has ever had. It's, it's not even up for debate. Uh, Jimmy, it is the single most uh, impactful, not only just sort of immediately, but at second and third and fourth levels in terms of, you know, superstar, star power, contributions, providing depth that just so many ways, shapes and form, you know, this class just came in and it wasn't just two, three or four guys. And then you have another couple guys. This was this was monster across the board, and it, it's it's 
the best that James Franklin's ever done with taking talent that he's recruited and turning it into impact on the field. And the players are largely responsible for it, but he gets a lot of credit for it as well, in my opinion, but it is not even close. A lot of times, Andy, we talk about the production is when talent meets opportunity. Yep. And there was this tremendous meshing of that a year ago. If we had talked about way back pre-2022 season, where there were issues on this team, we would have probably on offense said, hey, that running game needs improvement. Yep. Well, how about you get Nick Singleton and Katron Allen to come in? Opportunity and talent married up at that position, didn't it? Yeah, big time. And same at linebacker, you could say, right? That was another one that, that stood out to me, and then Abdul Carter stepped in. But let's start with let's start with the dynamic duo running back, right? You, you knew Nick Singleton was going to contribute. Katron Allen was more like, he's different, but he's really good in another way, but he's not good in the same way as Nick Singleton. And eventually, it I don't think it was a choice for Penn State. The, the two players literally left the coaching staff, No, which is the best possible scenario if you're a coach. I don't want to have to make a decision. I don't have to make any choices. I can't keep these two off the field. They have to be having an impact for us, not just one of them and one playing a separate role. Our challenge then became through the course of this last season with these two studs was to figure out how to allow them both to shine and do it in the, in the same game. And they could do that. They, they were that talented and that good. And, you know, all the pieces fell into place. The offensive line, you know, being taking major steps forward was a big thing. But those two were just ridiculous. They were, and you got ahead of me on the linebacker side. Again, a year ago on defense, if we said, where's the weakness? It's at linebacker. And how do you fill that hole? Essentially with a superstar with Abdul Carter, Andy. Yeah, none of these, none of the 2022 class started against Purdue. Wasn't it the Purdue game? Didn't Abdul Carter get a targeting call? Well, yeah, one one play and he got called for targeting, which was a, a, a god-awful call. But It was yes. not a good call, but it was the play that was like, just, <laughs> I remember when I was watching the game and I was like, I, I had seen the kid play in high school and I was like, I know he's good, but that was just a like flash of like several different things, just red flags of the good kind going off. And I was like, okay, yeah, he got a targeting call and he can't play anymore, but what the heck was that? And that was the way it just, he just built onto that throughout the course of the season and opportunity meant, uh, opportunity was there and he took full advantage of it. He too was just uh, um, a next level player. I call him Micah 2.0. I don't think he'll ever reach Micah's impact level, but I think he's going to be a Micah Parsons type linebacker when he's done at Penn State. Okay. Andy, we often get the question around here about what does it take for Penn State to get to the next level. 
And I often come up with probably the dumbest answer in the world, which is get better players, but more important, get impact players. Okay. Those are the guys who change games. And the ones we just mentioned, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, Abdul Carter, those guys are difference makers. And they had the opportunity to play right away. Next up, there's probably a couple other guys that are going to reach that status of impact players who didn't necessarily start last year as true freshmen. But give you one on each side of the ball. Obviously, Drew Aller, quarterback, he's got an opportunity to make a huge impact. And on defense, a defensive end named Deny Dennis Sutton. They may be the two stars in waiting that will see them shine in the 23 season. Yeah, I think if Drew Aller joins the previous three that we already talked about and becomes a superstar, right? Like these guys did it in one year. They're superstars, right? Katron Allen, Nick, Nick Singleton, and Abdul Carter are college football stars. If Drew Aller plays himself into being a college football star in one year, then Penn State's 2020, that means two, 2023 season is off the charts. I think denied that Sutton is the most intriguing of the 2022 class on so many fronts because he played some last year and you saw little flashes of it and you were just like, he kind of kept playing a little bit more and a little bit more and little different situations and you were like, there's there's a huge next level for him. There's qu- not quite the same open opportunity for him. If he becomes one of those guys, that, the way he plays, you can't keep him off the field. That means he's playing at an all Big Ten level, in my opinion, because there's already two really good guys there. So I think they have a trio at the end, but they are first-line players. These are all first-line players that we're talking about, Jimmy. These are all major contributors, and any one more or two more becomes a superstar in twenty three. It the 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 ceiling becomes just significantly higher, and I think it's it might not be equal because the quarterback position is obviously more important than a DN. But I think if you get either one of them, just say Drew Aller plays really really good and that de- uh, Denai Dennis becomes a superstar, that's not a bad thing for Penn State. No, it's not. And again, it just tells you, you know, what you're getting out of this class. And then, Andy, you know, in the couple minutes we have left, there's a whole bunch of other contributors. You know, whether you have Zane Durant, who as a true freshman was already playing pretty much every game, but you also have some other Nick Drew Shelton on the offensive line got some starts already as a true freshman. That does not happen. The coaching staff can't stop talking about Vega Ioane, another offensive lineman who's huge. And the guy on defense that we're all anxious to see is K.J. Winston, who might be the next difference maker. And all these guys came from that 22 class, Andy. Yeah, Winston, and don't forget about Cam Miller. They burned his, the corner, they burned his red shirt too. But I think Drew Selton belongs in, almost in the next level conversation with like Drew Aller and Deny Dennis Sutton. I mean, he was dropped into a firestorm and actually, yeah. Okay. So he didn't, he had some moments of not greatness, but he was a true freshman. 
I thought he shined ridiculously good. And I think the next level for him is going to be a very high ceiling as well. I, I put him in the, I don't put him in the, you know, like he stamped himself as a superstar, but I put him right there on the edge of the very next level of he has that potential. I really believe it. And Andy, I'm, of that group, I'm most anxious to see KJ Winston. Um, he really flashed in the blue-white game. Again, the coaching staff, other players talked about him in a certain way. And remember, Zane Durant at defensive tackle getting dropped right in there also as a true freshman. Yep. Very, very impressive. You know what? I think going forward, Andy, new classes are going to be measured against the class of 22. Speaking of going back, Andy, next quarter, let's go all the way back. Let's talk about that 2019 recruiting class. We'll have some fun with that. Stick around. You don't want to miss it. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. He is Andy Shea. We are talking Penn State football. And Andy, we're doing a little bit of a retrospective. We're looking back a bit. Quarter number one, we looked at the 22 Penn State class and the great impact they made with some of the stars. We know all the names, Nick Singleton, Abdul Carter, and so on. This time, I want to go all the way back to 2019. And let me tell you what prompted this. I read an article, a national article, where they reevaluated the 2019 class, national recruiting. And I was curious in 
they actually had Penn State's class, which at the time was ranked 13th, I think, in the country. And they called it a top 10 class. I think it was 6th or 7th, somewhere along there. So it got me thinking maybe it was time for us to do the same thing. Go back and take a look at the 2019 class. And like every other class, it's amazing when you look back. Because at the time, you're thinking everyone in that group's going to be a contributor. And these guys are going to definitely be stars. It's only in hindsight that you see... Boy, you know, there are always guys who disappointed. There's always guys who played above the level of their recruit ranking. Give me just, first of all, your overview of that 2019 class. So it was, it had some mild disappointment overall at the top, right? But it's... And let me interrupt you, Andy, just so people know who we're talking about. Some of the top guys, Brandon Smith who finished at Penn State and moved on, but Devin Ford, who transferred, Noah Kane, who transferred, John Dunmore, uh, Lance Dixon, Tyler Rudolph. These were all uh, guys who were among the elite recruits. Yeah, they. so they were – it was not the top, the top part of the class or the highest-ranked recruits coming in. I don't know if that's where the real star power was. I think the star power. Now it was an ex, it was a really deep class. Like it had a ton of four stars in it, right? And I think the depth of that class, the depth of that class, is what really has has continued to shine for the for Penn State. As some guys are just at the end of that, and then the guys that have moved on. You know, if you look at it. At the bottom, you know, towards the bottom of the class, not in, in terms of recruiting crackers, not at the very bottom, but, you know, you have guys like Joey Porter Jr., Jaquan Brisker, just to name a couple right there. Those guys weren't in the top 10 of this class in terms of recruiting ranking. So that's where the star power came from, but I still think it was a massively productive and and very good class for Penn State overall. I still believe that. Andy, you know, some of those you're referring to the people in the middle of the recruiting class. And what's interesting, a couple names right listed right in order, Jaquan Brisker, Brenton Strange, Joey Porter Jr. These are all guys in the NFL right now who nationally were ranked in the 300s. And, it, you know, it's hard to imagine – Joey Porter Jr., that when he came out of high school, there were over 300 players ranked higher than he was. With his tools, everything, pedigree, um, it's just hard to imagine that. But again, hindsight 2020. Yeah, you have to give it time to play out in, in terms of what a recruiting class looks like. And partially, you know, I'll just go back to quarter one, number one just for a second is, we talked about the impact that that the 2022 class had immediately. And then we talked about some names and some other guys. Think about the prospect of what that class, the potential it could have on this season. That is even more expansive than it already has had on Penn state in 22. And that's sort of what the 19 class did. It built right over time. And it actually became a, a very strong class. I would argue 
probably the second strongest class Penn State's ever had. Maybe the third, but it it's definitely been a strong class. And and I think there's I think there's four gold star guys at, in this class. Like no matter where they were ranked coming in as college football players and everything, they are the they are the gold star guys. And we already mentioned Joey Porter Jr., Jaquan Brisker, who was a junior college transfer from Lackawanna, by the way. Brenton Strange recently drafted in the NFL. I'm putting Jordan Stout in there too. He was a transfer from Virginia Tech that year. So of the four Gold Star guys, two of them, one's a junior college transfer, one came from Virginia Tech. Good job, Penn State coaching staff. And it never made any sense why Virginia Tech let Jordan Stout go. But, I mean, you remember his impact immediately as a kicker on kickoffs, and then he just became a stud punter and a very good kicker. Long field goal guy. He played so many roles. But I think the four of them are the Gold Star guys. And the, the final sort of... Chapter two on this recruiting class is still waiting to be written, Jimmy. Well, that's, I think, the impressive part. This is now the fifth year. Now, I because of redshirt, players could be around for five years. Add in the COVID year. Right. So it it's not totally unique, but the number and quality of the players that are still here from that class, Andy, there's several names that are yeah. going to still be factors on this uh, roster. I think the in uh, you, you know they say it starts in the trenches, right? The last two chapters, something is going to be written about the impact, you know, in the trenches in an very you know a very sort of underrated, but everyone knows it's still important, but they don't really know the true value of it because you get lost in the star power of the shiny you know skill players and athletes, but. Caden Wallace, offensive tackle. Sal Wormley, offensive guard. Both are projected starters. Both were highly recruited in this class. Sal Wormley, my favorite underrated guy. On the defensive side of the ball, Adisa Isaac, coming into his own, right, Jimmy? Fifth year, battled some injuries, showed last year what he's capable of, has another level. Devon Ellis and Hakeem Beeman, defensive tackles. Hello, Penn State doesn't have one. They have four or five, right? They don't have a superstar, but they got four or five really good players, and two of them are from that class. And then Daquan Hardy. How valuable has that young man been in one of the most, you know, lowest-rated recruits in that class probably? And nobody knew what he was going to be, and he turns into a just an absolute stud in a variety of, of roles, particularly as a nickelback and a sort of ball hawk and just, you know, hard hitter. And he can return if you need him to in a desperate situation. So I just think there's some unfinished business star guys, but they've, they've, they have had an impact on Penn state and those guys are going to have opportunity to write the sort of final chapter of this recruiting class, in my opinion. And they're all, they're all major contributors. We can agree on that. They, these guys are all contributed last year and are going to absolutely be counted on to contribute this year. I believe the one name you missed, uh, Andy, was Keaton Ellis. Oh, who, yeah, that's right. You recall, he played a lot as a freshman, and we thought really an impact player, moved from cornerback to safety, never seemed to quite find his footing. I have a funny feeling that this season he's going to find his way. 
good sign that he was already named one of the captains. Yeah, it's a good sign. And you could see it as towards the end of last season. And I noticed it particularly in the Rose Bowl. I think our in-game conversations, which I, which are really fun, by the way. Um, I think I was like, I can't stop seeing number two. I can't stop seeing number two on defense. He's showing up. He continues to be in the right spots and doing things. And I'm like, I think he is starting to – he in that – towards the end of last season, he started to find his next level as a safety at the college level. And I think that will benefit Penn State greatly in 2023. Great call, Jimmy. I missed his name on my unfinished business, guys. That's my fault because he's always been one of my favorites. And I think – same here, Andy, and I think he could show this year. By the way, yes, our conversation is during the games on text – it's like the Manning brothers, except not as much expertise as them. <laughs> uh, you can't look at this 2019 class, Andy, without at least mentioning the quarterback, because we're going to have a quarterback topic in quarter four. So this is a little bit foreshadowing. They brought in two quarterbacks, Taquan Roberson, Michael Johnson Jr. Uh, both were considered four stars, and... Where are they now? Well, they are not at Penn State, Andy. So you, you, oftentimes a recruiting class, quarterbacks have an outsized uh, amount of influence on how good a class is. Unfortunately for the 2019 class, the quarterback element is missing. Oh, it's 100% missing. And it could have been... It, it, there was an opportunity for it to be different, right? Like Roberson was a number two. That's a that's a key position, right? That's a backup. And it, I think it was a combination of possibly not prepared in the best way, maybe a 20% of that, and then an 80%. I don't think the player did his due diligence to get himself ready to actually be called in when the number two was called. It's the Iowa game. Everybody remembers it. And they both transferred out. Michael Johnson was gone early and never really – it never – there was nothing there in terms of Penn State. But Roberson had a role and could have had – and had a key moment where he could have contributed and then it just – it was gone. And it, it, it happened really fast. It, and it's unfortunate for him is his time at Penn State is more – infamous than anything else again as you pointed out with that Iowa game so Andy just wrap this up yeah. give me an overall grade for this 2019 recruiting class uh unfinished because of the unfinished business I, I give it a b plus two guys I thought gave made it were silver star guys that had good contributions that made it make it there Brandon Smith went to the NFL good not great college career Never realized his full talent, but good. Noah Kane had some really important carries for Penn State injuries, and then he transferred. But overall, I give it a B plus because I think the unfinished business guys are going to determine whether it's an A or not. Uh, very good, Andy. Yeah, I, I think that's fair grading. I think I would go along with that B plus. Not quite huh. an A, but very, very good. And I think you pointed out the depth in this class yeah. is what's impressive. How many different guys were factors and they still had a couple real stars, you know, like Joey Porter Jr. And I'm going to call Brenton Strange a star also. 
fantastic job. All right, that's it for quarter two. Stick around quarter three. We've got your questions, and we're going to ask Andy. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. That means it's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions for Andy. At the end of the segment, he'll pull a winning question he'll announce. And that person who sent us that winning question, they will get the prize pack from 409tailgateclub.com, the place with all the great barbecue sauces, barbecue rubs, and don't forget the Bloody Mary mix. And if you want to send a question in to Andy, all you got to do, download the app, Keystone Sports, you'll see the Ask Andy button, and there you go. Ready to go, Andy? I am ready, Jimmy. Let's go. Okay. I love when people take a shot at you, Andy. So let's start with Pat in Pittsburgh who says, Andy, why are you such a Michigan lover? Maybe recency bias? Franklin is 3-4 and four against Harbaugh. Penn State-Michigan 2022 was lopsided, but Penn State was up late against Michigan in the 21 stripeout game. Uh, that game was tight and could have gone either way. Penn State beat Michigan in 2020. Michigan is not at Ohio State's level. In comparison, Penn State's only beaten Ohio State once in their last 11 tries. Look at how Ohio State and Michigan played against Georgia in the playoffs over the last two years. One team was competitive. One was embarrassed. 
Michigan is not at national championship level. Care to respond, Andy? Yeah, I'm I'm results based, Pat. Um, Penn State, Ohio State is Penn State's torture chamber. Uh, Michigan is a bad matchup, and under James Franklin, they still they you know they still lose more than they win. Results by results based, I mean, yeah, okay, sure. When they played Georgia, Ohio State gave them a better game. They still lost. The end result was a, a missed field goal changes the entire conversation, but that didn't happen. And don't forget, Michigan's two-time defending big, you know, Big Ten champion. They've beaten they've beaten Ohio State each of the last two times. Now Harbaugh had his struggles with Ohio State, but I just think. I think they're close. I don't think the recruiting numbers are close. As we remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the gold stars. Uh, Michigan's closer to Penn state in terms of the recruiting because Ohio state's off the charts. Um, But in the measurables where I look at it now, I say Michigan's is as much as equal to Ohio state nationally. And I think it's a level playing field. And I think Penn state is right now is right below them with opportunity opportunity okay there you go pat take that let's move on let's get to steve in chicago or no i'm sorry yes let's get steve in chicago if manny diaz leaves after 2023 do you think anthony poindexter is ready to move up to defensive coordinator and carry on the diaz philosophies of pressure defense keep up the great show so I don't think, uh, to answer the question shortly, I think Poindexter is poised to be a college football defensive coordinator. I think you look, I don't think any coordinator sort of keeps another coach's philosophy. He has his own, but is not afraid to borrow. How's that for a word? Or employ other strategies as part of his own when you learn from others you adopt them and make them your own in a way but really at the end of the day you're doing what Manny Diaz does I don't think he well I don't think he would be hired or James would want him to coach like Manny Diaz because Manny's a unique character he's a but you can learn and borrow from him so the short answer to your question is, Stephen, it's a really good one, is yes, I do, and yes, I think there are elements that you can't help but learn from if you are in the room all the time with Manny Diaz as a defensive coordinator because he's a freaking defensive you know, genius in terms of the way he is a mad scientist. It's fascinating to watch him coordinate a defense, particularly with talent and options, and good gracious does Penn State have them for him. So it's sort of a marriage made in heaven, right? Imagine Manny Diaz trying to do this with less talent and less superstars. Might be a little longer rope that you have to pull on. So it is a match made in heaven, but the philosophies I absolutely love. Well, I'm... It's a bit of a nuanced answer here, Andy. So when I say I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit, I believe that James Franklin wants to play offense a certain way. He wants to play defense a certain way, and he'll bring in a coordinator who will match that. 
Manny Diaz matched exactly, exactly what James Franklin wants to do. Valid so point. if he interviews Poindexter for the job and Poindexter says, well, you know, I'm of the bend, but don't break. I don't want to be blitzing. Da, da, da. He's not going to get the job. No day. He's not getting okay. the job. So it's, and I would think, you know, if I'm James Franklin interviewing the defensive coordinator, I would put up some film from Manny Diaz's defense and say, that's what I want to do. Will you do that? Yes or no? And if the answer is no, next. So I, I and I think just being part of this uh, team, Poindexter or whoever else, if they're already on the coaching staff and see how effective this style is, I think whoever would take over at defensive coordinator, we're going to see a similar style of defense. Um, let's go to Brad in Percasy, who says, Looking at the 24 and 25 schedules, seems like Penn State got a great schedule for home games in 24 versus away games and the opposite in 25. What are your thoughts? And also, do you prefer chicken breasts or legs? Before you answer, Andy, I just want to point out at the top of the schedule, the big games for Penn State, if you recall over the last several years, Penn State's big games were always Michigan and Ohio State, and they alternated home and away. Their big games potentially going forward are Michigan, Ohio State, and probably USC. In 24, they have both USC and Ohio State. There are only two games at that level. Both are at home. In 25, it's USC and Michigan, and they're both on the road. Yeah. That's, I think that he's not, um, Brad's not wrong, right? Like it is, it is, uh, for the fans, it is a lighter marquee game home schedule in 2025. And it's an absolute hammer in 24, but there's been so much change structurally to how the big 10 is set up. And with that schedule and the divisions, it's just part of the growing pains that they're going to have to endure initially it will level out, but in, in the short term, it's just one of those things you can't fully control and fix in every case and scenario. It can't be balanced across the board. And the term the Big Ten used, right, competitive balance. Penn State gets its two hammers at home one year. We're sorry you have to go on the road next year. And I know Pat Kraft probably doesn't like it, but he understands why it had to be that way. And that he's okay with it. But I... I just think it's it's one of those things. The first, this just the first schedule has to look like this in some spots, and that's okay. And Andy, I apologize, I didn't do my homework. I should have looked to see what the case is for Michigan and Ohio State, if it's the same scenario for them or not. I'll I'll be curious. Maybe I'll check that between segments. Um, I'm I will disagree, and I could be proven wrong here. But I think, I think, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, they would be more um, pl- compliant with them, their wishes. For oh, Penn sure. State, the, the other part of this argument is it's not necessarily a worst-case scenario. Maybe what it's saying is, okay, 24, Penn State, you know, this is your year. You'll still have Drew Aller. You'll still have Nick Singleton. If you want an advantage, 
24 is not a bad year to have that advantage. Uh, let Oh, was it chicken breasts or chicken legs? Chicken breasts. I like chicken legs, but they're a pain in the butt to eat. The right answer, and it, it's none of the above. It's chicken it's thighs. The number it's one is thighs. thighs. Right. Got to be thighs. Okay, let's go. Speaking of food, Lindsay from Butler says, what's the best restaurant in State College to visit while in town for a football game, and what should I order there? Oh, that's a good one. Um, So this is assuming you don't have a full meal selection tailgate for you because you don't want to overeat. So if you're going to go someplace as your spot before a game, I'm going to go to Happy Valley Brewery, right? And and I'll tell you what to order. First of all, they have great they have a great beer selection, so you can have your libations. Um, but they're short rib nachos. You have the get them as your appetizer. They're ridiculously good. Got the pepperoncinis on top, cheese sauce. Don't order for your own self. Make sure you're sharing it with somebody because they come on a huge plate. And I. I I just think their shrimp and grits are exceptional. I think they're one of the better ones I've found in the Northeast. I mean, I lived in the low country for a while, so I know about low country shrimp and grits down there in the Carolinas and Northern Georgia, but um, their shrimp and grits is outstanding. So I think the atmosphere is great. The location's good. It's not that close to, you know, campus per se, it's not downtown, so you don't have parking issues per se. I think it's one of the best places to go. Okay, let's sneak in one more real quick. Ken, sure. hey guys, really appreciate the show. Your previous show, you discussed how the Big Ten plays nine conference games versus the Southeast Conference only playing eight. Um, I know when it comes to the playoffs, people talk about strength of schedule. However, do you think the Big Ten beats themselves up playing so many conference games versus the Southeast Conference getting to add another cupcake to their schedule. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I think the big tens kind of already been beating itself up by having the three teams in the division, Penn state, Ohio state, Michigan. They're just, they're killing themselves. So I don't think the big 10 hurt itself by expanding and the SE and to nine with the sec staying at eight, especially in an expanded playoff field. I think it's about opportunity. And I think, the Big Ten is going to identify teams better with nine. I think the SEC, while I understand why they did it, is going to have a harder time identifying depth in the SEC per se. Big Ten will be right. able to reveal it better. All right, Andy, we're out of time. Or I would definitely have a thought on that. Maybe I'll sneak that in at the beginning of quarter four. Stick around. We'll have that. Plus, Andy's going to name our winner. Stay tuned. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. 
lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is our fourth and final quarter. He's Andy. I'm Jim. Before we do anything else, Andy, we need a winner from our Ask Andy segment. Go. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Pat and Pittsburgh. Um, you know, cha- get, get stood up, challenge, you know, what I think and what he thinks. We don't agree. But I thought it was a good question, well thought out, and it has merit. All right, very good, Pat. Thank you for challenging Andy, and you were rewarded for it. Okay, I've got two quick thoughts from our previous segment. One was on that scheduling eight versus nine games, Big Ten with nine, Southeast Conference with eight. I don't think at the very top it matters anymore, especially with 12 playoff teams. Georgia, Alabama, they're going to make the playoffs, Andy, whether they're playing eight or nine uh, conference games. doesn't matter. Same thing like Michigan, Ohio State, and maybe even Penn State when you have 12 playoff teams. Where I think it matters is going down the pecking order a little bit. Right. Might a Wisconsin or someone of that ilk not make the 12-team playoffs because they have that one more conference game. And the other thought on that is our our listener mentioned a lot. Strength of schedule is often discussed with the playoffs. No, it, it may be discussed, but it's never been a factor. You go undefeated, you're in. One loss, you're in. Two losses, you're out, yeah. regardless of your schedule. Okay, so strength of schedule is the most overplayed uh, commentary about the playoffs. And one last thought, I said we talked about Penn State having two games at home, then two on the road with their elite games in 24 and 25. I looked it up. Ohio State is one and one on those games, home and away both years. But Michigan is in the same boat as Penn State. They're on the road for their two big games in 24 at home for both of them in 25. So I actually will defend both Penn State and Michigan. I thought they should have worked harder to make that um, split those games up. 
All right, Andy, let's go to our quarter four uh, topic. And as I often say, I read things. It prompts me to think of how does that kind of national article conversation relate to Penn State. And what I caught recently was a discussion about Clemson and their quarterback recruiting. And I know you've had some connection to the Clemson program, so you know them very well. And the fascinating thing is, Andy, those teams at the top, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio State specifically, they recruit quarterbacks like crazy. They'll get two top 100 players a year, okay? Um, In the last four years, I looked it up. They had like five top 100 uh, players at quarterback in four years. Meanwhile, Penn State has, under James Franklin, has never even had a top 100 quarterback until Drew Auer. So now you get Clemson, and it's, the article is kind of fascinating in that Clemson's in a position where right now they are not going to, unless they could get someone to flip, they're not going to get a high-level quarterback this year. They seem almost to be on an every other year to get a high-level guy. That's okay for them. It might be the right way to do it. If you're not Ohio State, who could get multiple guys like that every year. So my first question is, does Clemson have it right how they're doing it for their program? After you answer, I'm going to ask you how it relates to Penn State. So I think Dabo has always recruited the quarterback position as Clemson's head coach kind of the same, even with the changing landscape at the quarterback position. And you have to keep in mind through all of this that Clemson is not a big transfer portal school. They are not one to go shopping in the portal per se. So that is not part of their sort of DNA under Dabo Sweeney. So he's always kind of recruited the quarterback position with this mantra. He's looking, he's looking for the, for a best guy, but more importantly, and this is why quarterbacks have to throw for him. He's actually looking for the right guy for him and for what he thinks a quarterback at Clemson needs to be. It doesn't always necessarily have to be the best guy. It has to be the right guy. And that's there's a, a big difference in that, but it's also a sort of fine line detail. And he's never wavered. And, you know, right now in the position that they're in, he's like, well, um, he's done 22, 23, and 25, or 23, 24, 25 or 22-24-25, he's already taken care of. 23 is absent, and it seems like he might be okay with that because he hasn't found the right guy. And he just, it's not that he refuses to change. He thinks it works, and it works. So why would you change it? If it's not broken, don't fix it. So the way he has always recruited the quarterback position works. And Andy, it works if that one guy you get over a couple year span pans out. And now I'm going to relate this to Penn State with Drew Aller, where Ohio State will have on their roster over a couple of year span three, four, five guys at quarterback who were either five star or top 100 players in the country that they brought in. Penn State has the one. You could only play one quarterback at a time, 
So if Penn State hits with Drew Aller, they're good to go. Ohio State, if they miss on one, that's fine. You just go to the next guy in the pecking order. Ohio State does volume, right? There's no other way to put it. Ohio State isn't looking for the right guy at the quarterback position when they're recruiting. They are simply looking to get as many of the best guys as they can to commit to Ohio State. And then they will in turn find the right guy when they get them to them. They're not looking for the right guy on the recruiting trail. They're only looking for what they determine are the best guys. And they'll take as many of them as they can get their hands on. And then it, they inherently put it on the player to, you know, sort of become the right guy. And, you know, they end up, it, it ends up being a revolving door and they're okay with that as well. Cause they think that works for them as well, but they're strictly a best guy volume and they'll take three or four in a class. Okay. Now let's talk Penn state's quarterbacking right. philosophy. You know, um, are they more Ohio State, but they may not have the same quality? Or are they more Clemson, where you could also argue, you know, they're particular, but they may, at the top level, where Clemson, they had two quarterbacks and Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for years as their starters, and dominate in college football. Penn State had uh, Trace McSorley and Sean Clifford, who were both multi-year starters, but they weren't Watson and Lawrence. So Penn State, at its core, James Franklin and the way he recruits the, and looks at the quarterback position, and it's he's sneaky. I, I would call it he's sneaky stable at this. He knows it better than most think he does know that position. He's much closer to Clemson. He is looking for the right guy. And it's not because I don't say that because he's only had two starters per se during his tenure. And now he will have a third, um, you know, that were his guy, not somebody inherited, but he is much closer to Clemson, but he is handicapped on a level. He is not recruiting at inherently per se at that position at the five-star level. Ohio State recruits it because they have they have the championships and the their college football status. Clemson's the same way. They're drawing from a little bit different pool to start, per se, because they have two national championships and six college football playoff appearances under Dabo. That is different than Penn State winning one Big Ten championship under James and zero college football playoff appearances. That just means you are starting from a different paradigm. But philosophical, he I think Penn State and James are much closer to Clemson. Much, much closer than to what Ohio State does. James is looking for that right guy. Okay then, Andy. How good is Penn State at quarterback recruiting? And just a quick aside, I could argue this either way, okay? Right. I can give you several points that say they're really good. I could give you several points to say they're not so good. What do you say? So I say they're I say they're adequate at the college football position. I think James really knows what he wants. I think he's committed to that and understands that. And I think he recognizes what he wants earlier and better than most. Does he always get them? No, but he knows exactly what it looks like 
and he knows what the right quarterback looks like for him. Does he get it at the high levels at a five star and, you know, high four star? Not necessarily, but I think he's sneaky good at making the position an asset and not a liability. That is tied into recruiting as well. So I would say they're adequate, not good, not great, not very good, definitely not outstanding, but more than adequate. Has Mike Yersich made a difference? Remember, he was the guy who brought in Drew Aller. Um, Last year, it was a little up and down where they ended up with the quarterback. And now this year, uh, Grunkmeyer, currently a three-star, but he showed really well at the Elite 11. You feel like Yursich maybe has turned the helped them turn the corner on quarterback recruiting. I still think he knows what his head coach expects and wants from the quarterback position. And I think he's becoming he has become more attuned to identifying those players on the recruiting trail. I mean, just because Drew Aller's a five star, yeah, it means something. It means his talent is there, but I, I don't no, per se, right now that you know, there's any difference between Grunkmeyer and Aller, but I do, yeah, I agree. I think Mike Yersich has turned a corner to help Penn State only because he's sort of, as the coordinator, he knows what he wants from the offense, and he knows what his head coach is looking for in the quarterback a little bit better, and that was only going to come with time. And I think they have definitely turned a corner. I agree with you. And I think Aller's performance these next two years will also help determine what quality of quarterback they could bring in. And you mentioned Grunkmeyer compared to Aller. Um, You know, they both show similar trends, not as highly rated, seem to be moving up. I don't know if Grunkmeyer is going to reach the level that Aller did as far as recruits, but he seems to be on that similar upward trend. Andy, that's going to have to be it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, Local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. 
you get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info. 